You listen to the Backwoods Life Podcast with Michael E. Good luck. Here we go. What's up, y'all? Michael here. I apologize for another lengthy delay between podcasts, but welcome to my world. You know this by now. If you've ever listened to these in the past, I apologize every time, and that's just the way it is. I'm probably never going to change, but I'll do the best I can. That's all I can guarantee you, but thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. What a wild last few weeks I've had. I cannot remember what I actually talked about on my last podcast because it's been so long. But since then, I've been all over the place, done a lot of stuff, and I made it back and going again, leaving again tomorrow. So, quick timeline rundown, rubdown, what the heck, rundown. All right, so I think last time I was on here, I'd shot a deer here in Georgia. I killed a nice 10-point over our lease. If I didn't tell you all that, then I did. So it did happen. There's pictures on Instagram and Facebook and social media to prove that. Uh, so nice 10 point here in Georgia, my buddy Fred videoed me, I left there and then my next, we went to North Texas mule deer hunting. I think that's what I was talking about uh, on my last podcast, but so went there, North Texas and mule deer hunting with, um, my buddy Earl Williams and, uh, some of his guys coming to camp. Fred was videoing me there. Chris Cooper and buddy went out there. We had a great hunt with our buddy Matt out there. MNH outfitting. Uh, Earl shot a 178 inch buck the first morning. Um, and I may have talked about this already. I can't remember, but I'll do it again. Then uh, last day, last morning, I shot a nice buck, a uh, five by six. And then my buddy Chris killed a super old stud buck that, um, I mean, just had unbelievable mass and height on him. A phenomenal mule deer. Everybody in camp, all six of us, we all tagged out on mule deer in three days. It was a super time. A couple guys got lucky and got to shoot a whitetail as well. I did whitetail hunt a little bit, but didn't didn't get a shot at anything. But we had a great time in Texas. Did not disappoint. Some of the best mule deer hunting I've ever seen. Uh, not a bunch of giant mule deer, but the numbers were there and some very nice, respectable bucks, especially for North Texas. We had a great time, and I'm looking forward to that hunt in 22, no doubt leave there come back home we have thanksgiving hunt at the farm with the family see some deer saw some bucks nothing to shoot um just you know normal georgia hunting bucks being stubborn like they always are leave there day after two days after thanksgiving we head to oklahoma hunting out there uh, just north of oklahoma city hunt was rough the temperatures were hot. It was real nice in the mornings, but it got hot during the day. Shut the deer down. I saw a bunch of does the first uh, morning. I saw nothing the first afternoon. And then the next morning, I shot a real nice buck out there. Uh, arguably 10, 12, 13 points, however you want to look at it. Redneck style, definitely a 13-pointer. So that's what I'm going with because I'm redneck. Uh, we had a good time with my guys out there. John Michael Page went with me. Uh, Chris Cooper was there. Kevin was in camp with a cameraman, uh, David and Andy. We, we had a good time, but the hunt was very, very difficult. Um, we saw a few deer. 
Chris saw a nice book off of the property line, uh, didn't shoot, of course. John Michael saw one the last evening right at last light and just didn't didn't get a shot at him before dark. So it was rough. We leave there. And then this is where this podcast goes sideways. Probably one of the most craziest things I've had happen to me. Um, weird story. We'll call it a happy ending if you want to, but you can decide at the end of this thing. So we go to Iowa hunting with... Uh, Kevin, Kevin and I and Andy and David video us. We go to Iowa, stay at our good buddy Tim Owens' house. We're there hunting with Paul Fountain, Fountain Outfitting, super guy. Paul's one of the, one of the nicest guys in the world. Phenomenal hunting land, big deer all over it. Iowa is down this year. The, everybody there, locals included, was like, man, I was just not pumping out the big ones like they normally do. Uh, they said they had a very wet winter late getting the crops in turned off very dry crop growth wasn't there may have hurt the antler growth um you know if you're an antler hunting and when you go to iowa you think big buck so you're there you are antler hunting if you go to iowa i don't care who you are that's that's what you go you hope you kill a big one but you'll shoot whatever if that's what your, your deal is but on all these farms usually that have you know a lot i say multiple 150 60 70 inch better deer they weren't there this year. They were 30s, 40s, maybe 50s. That's kind of what it was up. Uh, we met our buddies from small town hunting out there. Cody Kelly, Chris Ashley, Clint Swat was in camp from B3 Archery. Uh, Jason Heathco used to work with us a lot, for, you know, produced bone collector and now is a phenomenal friend of ours. He was out there, drew a tag. Uh, Kevin and I both had tags. Uh, Cody's father and father-in-law, both of them were tags and another one of their friends, James, was out there. So we got you know six or seven guys in camp with tags and we're gonna get after it. First afternoon, uh, we did, I didn't hunt the first morning. Usually I sit on the food sources when it's cold and it was pretty cold out there in the afternoons. And the deer start moving, you know, mid afternoon till dark. You just see a lot of deer. So I'm hunting on this farm and Paul out there sent us a bunch of trail cam pictures and there was some nice bucks showing up. And I'd say they may have been a 150, 160 inch deer was the biggest they had on camera. So we're, that's what our goals are set for. And we're just see what happens. So Kevin goes into quote unquote, the famous killing tree. And uh, I ease up and I'm sitting on the alternate patch back on top of this hill. And um, you know, it, it, the sun's shining bright and it's kind of, I'd say for being as cold as it was, it was pretty warm in that box stand I was in. And, uh, seeing deer, Kevin seeing some deer, we're kind of texting back and forth. And I mean, I'm seeing actually more and more deer as the day goes on. Quite a few does, just a few bucks, smaller bucks. Uh, had one pretty decent eight point. He was out there with his nose up a doe's butt. Like, man, this is almost like the ruts going on right now. It's so strange. So we're sitting there and had four or five does come out and they came out and they dipped back down in the woods and they came back out and crossed over in this one spot of the food plot. Well, we're sitting there watching some deer on the other side of the fields and couple spikes came out and some does and uh, I looked back to my right and I'm like man right hold right here bias there was a 10 point or so this I mean 30 40 yards and he's just standing there looking at the stand because I mean I'm sitting there glowing with the sun shining on my face with orange hat orange vest on and uh, he just dips back down in the woods and I'm like man that's like a good buck I want to get a better look I think he's a shooter and um, he's following where these does went and then he pops out behind this one tree does this thing like I don't know if he worked or scrape, but he was pissing on his hogs there and you know getting all freshened up for the ladies. 
And then he starts to walk out, and, and the food plot we're sitting on is on top of a hill, so it drops off sharp on the other side, like it drops right off. So a deer gets out of the food plot, they're gone. Uh, had a lot of weeds in it. Uh, all this is a turnip patch, it looked really good, but look, the weeds are, I mean, some of them are taller than me, and I'm 6'3". Um, real tall, kind of thick stuff, so I'm, I'm kind of watching this deer, and he's coming, coming out from behind this tree, and I get up and get my binoculars on him. I said, okay, he's a shooter. I get the gun up, I put my gun on him. And I'm following him along in the scope, and I know I've only got a short window to shoot, and he's walking. And then that's when everything gets weird. Like, I, I me, myself, should have just did the old bat, you know, whatever, stopped him and shot. But I was going to wait on him to stop on his own. Um, he takes a few steps, and then I'm like, well, I'm just I'm going to shoot him walking. I put it on the front of the shoulder. I was like, so if I shoot the bullet, hit him in the shoulder, right behind the shoulder, it'll be a good shot. Well, I'm squeezing off. And as I asked, or asked my camera, are you on him? And yeah, I'm squeezing now. And I said, I got to wait on him to stop. And then I'm deciding, okay, he's not going to stop. This is all going through my head. And then when I said, okay, I'm squeezing. And then he turns and he's really sharp quartering away. And I think I asked, are you on him? Like as he stops. And I think the camera guy goes, yeah. And then I shoot. Well, I didn't hit where I was aiming, obviously. I shoot, the, the bullet hits the deer, the deer falls, like it's almost like you hit him with a, a right jab and he falls down and gets back up and runs off, like just split second and all this happens. I'm like, man, I mean, when I shot, I was like, oh, he's, gonna, he's down right there. No, he's gone. That was how it went. And I was like, okay, well, that looked like it hit him hard. Obviously, if it almost knocked him down, he'd be right there off the edge of the field in the woods. So I, you know, shoot a few cutaways, do a little talking, get down out of the stand, walk over there to where the deer was standing. I don't find anything. I can't find any blood. I can't find, I said, this is so strange. What's going on? And I'm thinking, well, maybe I hit him way back. I maybe it was, maybe it was a gut punch, you know, and um, I'm shooting a 444 Marlin, by the way, in the CVA Scout. So it's a big bullet, you know, pretty good gun. I mean, it's, it's not a quarter or a custom trigger job but it doesn't have a bad trigger on it so I mean I'm like well you know I'm confident in my shot so I start walking in the woods and looking and I find one drop of blood I'm like okay well I know I hit him now I mean I, of course I knew it I'd hit him when he about fell down anyway but um, my mistake is I should have watched the footage back and it's hard to watch on the small viewfinder we don't have like a big TV out there to watch it on or nothing so um but anyway, I, I get in, I walk a little bit, and then I, and I just find blood everywhere. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's good. And I'm walking, I'm like, oh, he's going to be right here in this, right down the edge of this ditch. I said, he's going to be piled up right here. Well, then I walk 50 yards probably on really good blood, and I find where the deer stopped. And I was like, this ain't good. And, like, there's just big globs of coagulated blood. I'm thinking, oh, I, he's he's coughing it up, you know, or something like that. Something's, something bad's going on. He's going to be piled up right here. I walk a little bit further and I'm thinking, okay, well, he stopped right here. He's bleeding. Then he probably, you know, adrenaline dump. Then he knows he's going to die and he's going to run and fall over dead. Well, I'll start tracking him a little bit further and I'm still finding good blood and I find where he stopped again. I was like, well, this ain't good because usually if a deer is shot, runs and stops and he's not laying right there dead, then what you think happened may not have happened. So, I decided, and he's actually on the edge of the property line. I'm walking down the edge of this fence, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to cross off of this property. So I call Paul. I say, hey, man, this is what happened. He said, okay, well, just back out. We'll watch the footage, and we'll make a plan. So I did. I back out. Um, 
leave, you know, mark the last blood on my hunt stand app and uh, go back to the house and we put it on the big TV and we watch it back. And the shot is left of where I thought. So the only thing I can figure is when he turned and I'm thinking in my brain that uh, he's not as severely quartering as he ended up being. And I shoot, I just hit left. So if you can imagine a deer's rear end facing you and he's quartering away really hard, almost I'd say three quarters to straight away almost. And I'm aiming at the back rib in my mind and I'm hit high left shoulder which would be the, the, not the opposite shoulder, but the left shoulder, the way he's quartered. So the bullet hits him there and I watch it and you can see like actually, it's like blood spray where the bullet hits. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Like that, I had to take out a lung or artery or something. Well, I said, okay, well, we'll give him overnight. And of course that's the terrible night's sleep and everybody's talking me off the edge oh we'll find him tomorrow we'll find him tomorrow i'm like well i hope so i mean that's you know I, I, this ain't my first rodeo i've been down the trail before and it sucks bad especially on a really nice buck that's usually what it happens on like you shoot a doe in the toe and she dies for some reason but you shoot a big 10 and he you know here we go so with all that being said get up the next morning uh, i had to wait on paul the landowner because i in case we went off somebody else's property and in iowa i didn't know but they told me there's a law that you have the right to go retrieve a downed game animal like deer but you cannot take your firearm across the property line so we go in and we track this deer and i did exactly that i left my gun propped up on paulie's side of the fence i crossed over found blood found blood found blood the deer went back on paul's property so then we got a gun and, and got back on track on Paul's side. And so we've probably tracked this deer 200 yards at this point and the blood isn't looking great. I mean, it, 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 at one minute I'm thinking, well, this is good and then it just gets bad and then finally it gets to where it's just a drop, walk a few steps, it's a drop and it's not really that good. And you can tell when he stops, they'd be a little bit more. Um, and we found where he had bedded down twice. Well, the first bed, we had a lot of blood in it. The second bed, there was not a lot. It was just what was on his hide. It was just a, it dried up and uh, rubbed off on the leaves. So I'm like, well, this ain't looking good. And we cross this little ditch and we go, and I'm like, man, this deer's going pretty hard to be hit mortally wounded. You know, he's, he's going up hills and through ditches and it's, it's challenging for me to go up some of this stuff and he's climbing it up. And we get up on this little point and sure enough, like, I'm, I'm watching the leaves and I'm trying to look around and then I look, I hear something look up and he's, he is jumping up and running off. He's on the on, on next ridge over from us and there's a deep ditch between us. And I just watch him bounce right off the top of that little ridge uh, out of these, this big briar thicket and, and into a wide open bottom that I can't see in the bottom. I, once I got down the ridge, I could and he's gone. Like this, he's just disappeared. I, you know, that's it. So I'm pretty discouraged at that point, and I ease around him, hoping well, maybe he's bad off enough. He runs out in this open bottom and just stops, and I just get really lucky. Well, all that being said, I tracked him to where he was laying when he jumped up, and he crossed, he jumped across a really deep ditch that I had to slide down and climb back up the other side. So if he could do that, <clears throat> I'm thinking this deer is not going to die anytime soon. So... <clears throat> I never found the actual bed he was laying in when he jumped up, but I found him, you know, we've, we've, we found where he was standing and there very, very, very little blood. Uh, I walked that whole bottom looking for any other kind of blood, the deer, anything I could find. 
and, and nothing. I mean, I, I literally gave it everything I could. Um, I even thought about calling a dog, but I was like, well, if this deer's still alive and can run like that, I don't think that's going to matter. We're just going to push him. He's going to leave the property, and God knows where he's going to end up. So me and Paul decided, like, hey, man, look, we, we did everything we could. That deer's, he, he may live. Like, he, he may survive this shot, you know. And so we just backed out. And I told Kevin, because Kevin kept hunting that piece of property, I was like, hey, man, you know, obviously if you see him, you shoot him, you know. And, uh, and we'll, we'll get him one way or another. But uh, Kevin never saw him, of course. Uh, see, Kevin had a good hunt, though. I mean, he saw some more deer, just never saw a shoot a bug. He saw one uh, probably three-year-old 10-point with a couple broken ties. He passed on three or four times, and um, that was really it. So, you know, we lick our wounds, no pun intended. We pack our stuff up. We drive back home. And this was on uh, Thursday of last week. So Saturday would have been a week since I shot the deer. Or Saturday was a week, this past Saturday. Today's December the 15th. Um, and then I'm up at the, the Letho office yesterday. I was meeting this stuff. And Paul texts me. And he says, hey, neighbor texts me. Uh, these pictures is this your deer I look out and go dang if it doesn't look like him so more I'd say the moral of the story the moral story is make a better daggum shot be be more careful what you're doing and, and think I, I just you know hunting's a lot of reaction there's a lot of instincts that have to kick in and reaction you think you're doing everything right until it happens and then you don't uh, we all make mistakes and it sucks but the neighbors found the deer uh, he was dead coyotes had basically you know picked him clean the they found the the shoulders and the spine and all that still intact and um the head and the neck was there uh, really nice buck and i'm, I'm and i so what what happens now is the neighbors have the the deer head at their barn um i have sent my tag to paul paul's gonna go retrieve you know tag the deer and get the antlers for me and um i'm going to get him back that's that's the plan here in the next next few days or so and uh get get the rack shipped back down here to me i'm going to take him to the taxidermist and i'm going to put him on the wall with the rest of these guys i got and be proud of him because uh you know the one of the craziest stories i've i've had happen to me while i was hunting not the way any of us wanted it to go but that's the way it goes sometimes. Um, my dad actually found a deer in here in Georgia this year that he shot two two years ago, I think. Um, you know, just a situation. He, he shot him, hit him a little far back, couldn't find him. And then he happened to be mowing and looking around and here oh, in, the, in the thick pines and look, there's a rack, gets over there. And by gosh, that's the deer. You know, he said, that's the deer I shot. But he got the rack. Nothing goes to waste in nature. We got to tell ourselves that, you know, I don't, I don't like for an animal to be shot and not go down quickly. Um, that's, that's obviously not our goals as hunters. That's not my goal ever with anything that I pull that trigger, but it's going to happen sometimes, unfortunately. I mean, I've been lucky in the past. I got a deer right here that I'm looking at right now. I shot with a crossbow and, uh, got him the next day, still alive, had to shoot him again. Um, you know, glad I could put him down. Uh, it wasn't intentional. I just, I made a bad shot. I, I rushed and the deer moved real quick after a doe as I was shooting and uh, hit him back. And then that's just part of it. Things are going to happen. We always don't, we, we try our best to make perfect shots, but it doesn't happen. And I mean, I'm, you know, I, I posted about this on social media and I, the picture of the deer skull and 
or the deer, you know, the head and the spine, you can see a little bit of what's left. And I, you know, I said, I'm proud to wrap my tag around this deer. It wasn't the way I wanted it to go, but I'm going to use my tag. I'm going to put it on this buck and I'm proud of it because it, that's what happened. I learned from it. And people went on there, you need to be a better shot. You need to be target practice more. You need, you know, you call yourself, now you're a trophy hunter because you didn't even look for the deer. All this crap, like, y'all don't know me. Y'all don't know my story. Y'all don't know what happened. You weren't in that tree with me. You weren't in that stand with me. You didn't track that deer with me. You don't know how much I didn't sleep, uh, losing, you know, sleep over this all happening, how sick to your stomach you feel when that happens. And if you do, then you won't say stuff like that. You would understand. But yeah, I mean, people to make assumptions about what goes down, you don't know the story, just shut up. Stay in your corner and go troll somewhere else. And for everybody out there that's commented and said that you did the right thing, you know, you tried to find him, you couldn't find him, and now you're going to tag him, you're going to do the right thing, uh, use that tag on that deer, then I appreciate that because I try to be that guy. I try to be do the right thing guy. Um for anybody out there that thinks otherwise and you don't know me and all I ask is you say hey let's, let's get to know each other before you make a judgment about anybody out there because that's not how most hunters are simple as that but that's the Iowa story and hopefully uh, if, you're, if you're on Facebook Instagram you can hop over on Michael Lee and look me up and you can see the deer I'm talking about and um once I get the rack back, I'll pay, post some more pictures and everybody can see what he's looked like. I mean, he's a nice buck. I've killed bigger, I've killed smaller, but I'm proud of him. I and mean, that's a heck of a deer, heck of a story, and a heck of a hunt. Um, I just, I've got to do better. That's what it is. Boils down to it. I learned from it. i got to do better. So with that being said, we're leaving tomorrow, flying out early in the morning, going to Wisconsin, hunt with our buddy Jerry Washburn. Uh, we're going to freeze our baguettes off. It's going to be single digits, teens, 20s. Um, thank God we've got shooting houses that we can shoot our bows out of and throw a heater in there with us and stay warm and hopefully we can get an arrow through a big buck and y'all pray we make good shots and quick recoveries and and all that stuff because that's what we need and um, we're going to do our best. That's all we can do. So, got Fred coming in, going to video me. Fred and I have shot several deer together up there. Had a good time. Uh, our buddy Andy's going to pick us up at the airport and he's filming for Kevin the next few days and hopefully Kevin can have some redemption after some bad luck up there last year and then um, we'll have us a good little wrap up to 2020 then we come back home it'll be Christmas time we'll hang out with family and friends through the new year hunt a little bit around here probably and just enjoy not being on the road for a while and then uh, head to Texas in January. We've got ATA show in Louisville first weekend in January. So that's, that hasn't been done in a couple of years since due to this old COVID thing. But that's back in action. And we'll get to go catch up with some good friends and hang out up there and have a good time. So hope all of y'all are having a great deer season. Y'all feel free to drop us a line. Go to backwoodslife.com. Hit the contact us. and Email us. Phone call us. Whatever you want to do. Doesn't matter to me. We like talking to y'all. like seeing from y'all. Check us out on Sportsman Channel. Uh, Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. right now. Those air times are going to change for 2022. The first half of the year will be on Saturday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. and then another time to be announced. And then later in 22, we'll be back on that Tuesday night at 10 p.m. But y'all set your DVR. Y'all watch you know, Backwoods Life. We appreciate all of y'all. 
I said, hope everybody out there has had a, had a good season or still having a good season. And uh, anybody out there with a good place to hunt that wants to uh, have us come hunt with you, hit me up. We, we love to try new places and meet new people, have a good time. That's what we're all about. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. And y'all y'all have a good, good weekend. Um, if I don't hop back on here and do another podcast, y'all have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I'm going to try to do one next week after we get back and catch y'all up. But hope y'all, everybody's doing great. Stay safe out there. Always wear your safety harness, especially your hunter safety system. That's what we do when we climb a tree, hang a stand, climb a ladder, whatever. Be very careful out there, especially with some weather coming in, rain and snow and stuff like that. It just makes everything that much worse. But anyway, y'all have fun out there. Be safe. Drop us a line. We appreciate everybody out there that watches and enjoys what we do. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Maybe we've got more bucks on the ground. Later.